0: You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Good morning and welcome back to
1: Real Presence Live. I am your host, Blake Rittiman, Uh, coming to you live from Fargo, North Dakota, and broadcasting throughout the Real Presence Radio Network. Really appreciate um, the time of, of Father Greg Bromledge. Again, it's a great conversation. You can go to our website, realpresenceradio.com to check the podcast To if you wanted to hear more um, from Father from Father Greg and his his mission and his ministry of the missionaries of the new evangelization. Again, you will be in Gillette, Wyoming. So all those listening on 88.1 in Gillette, I encourage you uh, to take some time to check out October 23rd, 24th, and 25th at St. Matthew's Church. There'll be a healing service Um, led by the missionaries of the New Evangelization those evenings of October 23rd, 24th, and 25th in Gillette. Um, Very excited for our next guest, Alec Torres. Um, We're going to talk a little bit about his book, um, Persecuted from Within, uh, published by Sophia Institute Press. Uh, Alec co-authored this book with Joshua Charles. And Alec, welcome to the show. Good morning.
2: Good morning. Thank you so much for having
1: me. You bet. It's so great to, to have you with us. Um, so, Alec, tell us a little bit about, about yourself and uh, the inspiration um, to write a book such as this. And we'll kind of break open the book as we go, but a little bit about yourself and, and what inspired you to to write something like this.
2: Yeah, I would say my, my biography is uh, maybe a little uncommon for somebody to go and write a, a book uh, detailing the lives of saints and about Catholic uh, Theology. I, I was trained in politics. I still work in it, actually. I'm. I was a speechwriter for for President Trump before that, for Kevin McCarthy, the the now former Speaker of the House. So, and Josh Charles was a speechwriter in the White House as well. So, so we're both very much involved in politics. But what happened was is, is uh, when when the Trump administration ended, we had a bit more time on our hands. And and I've been reading a lot of Catholic news. I I, I try to be a faithful son of the Church as best as I can. And and I looked around me and I realized I was having a lot of trouble figuring out how to act as a good Catholic in the face of what I see as a crisis within the Church right now. Um, there's some moral confusion. There's doctrinal confusion. Uh, we didn't intend to line it up, but right now the sin synod and synodality uh, with with the dubia that have come out, there's, just, there's all these questions. What do we do when it seems like authority figures within the Church, those whom we're supposed to obey, are acting... Uh, the wrong ways of saying the wrong thing. Uh, and I admitted I didn't have the right answer to that. I'm, I am, I'm not a theologian. Uh, I didn't go to school for these things. Uh, and they're complicated anyway. It's not something that's, that's perfectly encapsulated by theory. So I thought, well, I need to ask somebody who knows better than I do. And when I put it that way, I thought, well, wait, who knows, who knows better how to navigate, uh, difficult times and, and come out holy, uh, than the saints. <laughs> so that's exactly what we did. We decided to look at the lives of saints who had been persecuted or, or threatened or undermined by the church uh, structure itself, and, and came out through it uh, in the end. Uh, uh, you know, entering into heaven, exactly where we want to be at the end of our lives.
1: Yeah, and I, I think it's you know, as as I hear you know, just this topic of you know, sometimes when we hear something from the authority. Um, from the church and it kind of gives us this something in our stomach that "Ah, I don't know. I don't know who can I go to with this. And then you hear, you know, certain cardinals, you know, writing a dubious letter to to Rome and, you know, asking for clarification and, and things like that. Um, sometimes as, as Catholics, we're like, what, what do we do here? What, what how, do, how are we supposed to act? How do we honor the, uh, the authority? How do we honor respect to the office? But also how do we be rational and ask good questions for clarification? And I think uh, going to the saints is a great place to go, Alec, <laughs> for something like that. Because um The time we're in, um, there was other times, and I dare say maybe uh, worse (laughs) in certain things. There was a time when there's three popes, you know, Catherine Siena, all those types of things where there's a lot of stuff going on in our history and not to be ashamed of that because the Lord said, you know, the gates of the netherworld will not prevail. So- you get that, you know, I'm just speaking for myself. You get that feeling in your gut. You're like, what do I do? I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do with this. And then, uh, so I'm I'm looking forward to hear more about this book. And, and you have a lot of saints in your St. Teresa of Avila, St. John of the Cross, Alphonsus de Liguori, St. Joan of Arc, St. Thomas More, a lot of different people that you, that you uh, draw from in their particular time in the church. So tell us, you know, Maybe a couple saints, a couple things that they experienced, in maybe more in general terms, out too. Like how how do you how do you navigate something like this when maybe the authority is at odds with each other, or they're asking clarifying questions? What is the role of the laity, the faithful, even priests in the parish uh, of what to do?
2: One of the first things to do is is to, to not be scandalized. Uh, I think it's it's. It's a tough situation to be in, right? Because we know that, that the Church is the bride of Christ and is, and is spotless and pure, but that doesn't mean that people within the Church act perfectly or aren't sinners. I mean, heck, we're in the Church. I'm in the Church. I'm yeah. a sinner. So so we understand that tension, and we can see that on, on a sort of interpersonal level, but to understand that that it can exist structurally, too, within, within how the Church operates here on Earth, uh, I think is a helpful point. And looking at history, it's somewhat ironic to look at At and and the terrible times that they lived in and some terrible things that popes and bishops and cardinals have done, and to gain hope from that. But in in a way, it is hopeful, because Mm -hmm. we can see that we aren't— our times are unique, that's for sure, the questions we have are unique, but at the same time, it's been done before. Uh, Catholics have faced extremely confusing times and not known the right answer in many circumstances, but the one thing they show us is that that is a time of testing that the Lord sends them, and they stayed true to the Church in the end. They Just because they didn't know the answer at the time, just because some uh, person in authority above them unjustly punished them or said something against them did not mean that they had been an excuse to leave the Church or uh, were ju- would be justified in doing so. Instead, their faithfulness in those circumstances lifted them up to even greater degrees of holiness because they showed that they could... That, that the Lord could trust them to deal with uncertainty and act in a prudential way. Um, I know you mentioned uh, you know, wanted to bring up just a, a few things here. One of my favorites in the book is a lesser-known saint, it's St. Bruno. Mm. He was in the 11th century, and talk about a confusing time. You know, anti-popes and popes, uh, the, the uh, curia was, was, uh, had, was, was filled with prostitutes, I, I mean, just moral degradation. Uh, different warring armies would come and occupy Rome. I, I mean, try to imagine that now. Oh my goodness, right? like yeah. The, the Pope has to flee the city for fear of his life. And, uh, you know, the, the long story short, the, there was a debate about the roles of civil and ecclesial power back then. It was one of the fundamental questions of the time when structural authority was sort of breaking down. And the Pope signed a statement that, that very clearly appeared to contradict uh, the teachings of the Church and the Council. Um, so, you know, St. Bruno, he was a very high, uh, 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 what is it, authority within the Church. He, he, uh, he himself was not a cardinal, but he was an advisor to three Popes, and he came out and contradicted, he said what the Pope signed was wrong. It was incorrect. And he he did it very clearly, very charitably, he still said he was a servant of the Pope, (laughs) uh, but he, he said that in this circumstance the Pope was wrong to do this, and, uh, he lost his position. He lost, uh, he lost his access. He, he had spent decades at the, essentially at the top of the world, and he ended his life, you know, kind of forgotten, mm-hmm. off to the side. Uh, but he stood for the truth, and, and now he's remembered as a phenomenal saint for having the courage to do so.
1: Oh, that's a beautiful witness, a beautiful story, and I, I've never heard that before. St. Bruno is kind of a lesser-known uh, saint. I think we, we celebrated him earlier this month um, as well, and that kind of got me thinking about, you know, So the church is the bride of Christ, you know, the mouthpiece in a lot of ways uh, of the Lord in, you know, the church, the Lord working through the Holy Spirit working through the church. How does one and, you know, how does one stand for the truth when it may be in St. Bruno's case, he said, what the Pope wrote is wrong. How does one stand for the truth when maybe it's different from what the church particular individuals in the church I should maybe clarify that and qualify that how does one do that (laughs) Uh, that's got to be a there's there's a lot of courage there there's a lot of faith I mean obviously there's great formation and someone that really knows the voice of the father knows the lord but you know in, in reading these saints and their witness how did they how did they do that
0: one of
2: the important things to look at with them is that there was immense preparation for this. You know, the the same thing just goes shooting from the hip, right, and yeah. uh, you know, say, "Oh, this is wrong," and and I don't really know why. I, I mean, in, in a way, the social media culture as we have it today is, <laughs> would just be anathema to them, <laughs> right, uh, yeah. because things were were measured and thought out. You wanted yeah. to know all the information. You refrained from criticism until you knew it was obligatory. But then, when when a crisis point came. Or when confusion was being spread by people in authority, when scandals being caused that could potentially lose, uh, make people lose their faith, there was the utmost clarity. Mm. So with, with the faith there they we have to trust that that the Lord guides us and and can support us individually in our own formation, but we have to put the work in too. Uh, you know, I didn't I didn't write this book just as a fun historical study. I actually think that we are blessed as a church have 2,000 years of history to draw from, and it's incumbent upon us to at least be acquainted with that in some way. So history helps a life of daily prayer, the rosary, frequenting of the sacraments, you know, read the Catechism, read, read the, the current Catechism, read the Catechism of the Council of Trent, read the Church Fathers. We're, you know, it's not like every single Catholic is called to be a scholar, but we should know our faith. Mm-hmm. And, and God gave us our reason, He gave us our minds to know our faith. And we will have that conviction, and we form our wills and our intellects properly in conjunction with the Holy Spirit to be able to respond to these issues, or to know when a line is crossed. And then it's up to us to have the courage to be able to say so, and to say so clearly and with great charity.
3: Oh,
1: beautiful, Alec. We're speaking with Alec Torres, a co-author of the book, Persecuted From Within, uh, from Sophia Institute Press. We're gonna take a little bit break and talk a little bit more about the witness of the saints um, in his book, Persecuted From Within. And then also, you know, from a non-Catholic point of view, they may see chaos going on. How do we speak to those that, uh, from the outside of the church, um, you know, speak truth to how the church is the true church and the mouthpiece of the Lord? Stay with us. We'll take a quick break and we'll be right back.
3: As you think about your future, there is one more thing you can do to add certainty to your life. Write or update your will and estate plan. If you pass away without a plan, all you have worked for in life, financially and emotionally, will be decided and divided by someone you may have never met before. We have some tools to help you in your planning. For more information, please visit our plan-giving website at rprlegacy.org or call Mike at 701-290-4503 good day to every one of you who are listening to Real Presence Radio. This is Father Wilhelm. I'm a priest of the Diocese of Fargo, and I'm assigned at St. Joseph's Catholic Church. And one of the things that I have found in my assignment is that I wanted to become more friendly to get to know St. Joseph more. And one of the things, in just in Joseph's name, J-O-S-E-P-H, if you take that name, Joseph is just. O, that he's obedient. S, that he was silent. E, that he's an example. P, that he was a parent, the parent, the foster parent of Jesus and H, husband of Mary. What a wonderful thing to imitate this good, holy man that the Father in heaven chose for his foster father here on earth. And so, Have a devotion to St. Joseph. Come to know him. Come to know his intercession as he brings us and leads us always ever more closely in a relationship with the Holy Family.
0: Searching for more great Catholic content? Visit our website at realpresenceradio.com. Find Catholic news you can trust, information about events coming up in the local area, and the latest on what's happening at the RPR Network. And don't forget that you can listen to any of our stations around the clock from anywhere in the world. Need prayers for someone or something in your life? You can submit those through our online form for the entire family to pray for. Real Presence Radio, your family of faith and hope. Online at realpresenceradio.com. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. Appreciate you staying with us. We're
1: uh, I'm Blake Riddiman, your host, uh, broadcasting live from Fargo, North Dakota, I'm having a great conversation with uh, Alec Torres, the author, uh, author of the book "Persecuted from Within" and the subtitle "How the Saints Endured Crises in the Church." Um, so, describing how the the saints themselves, you know, in their time in the church, in this you know two thousand year plus history uh, of the Catholic Church, how they dealt with particular crises or particular disagreements with authority within the church. So, Alec, you, you talked a little bit about a uh, story of St. Bruno. Uh, maybe you want to highlight a few more saints, if you will, within the book that uh, that would help our listeners.
2: Certainly. Um, one of the things uh, I found very helpful in this book is, is oftentimes people will look back in history and they'll, they'll pull out a saint. And and draw a lesson from his life and say, well, this is how we always need to act, and and that's a great thing to do. But but looking at multiple saints, uh, you know, as I was researching it and working through it, I, I thought, well, how, these things seem to contradict each other sometimes. How am I supposed to square the circle? And and uh, and and, and then you could see, or what I found was an underlying unity in all of it. So so let me just explain by example. Um, saint Padre Pio, you know, obviously just a beloved saint, a, a, an incredible mm-hmm. man, uh, and. Um, he he seemed to be just the definition of silent suffering and obedience. Uh, mm-hmm. He was unjustly punished uh, by his superiors who were skeptical of him uh, and, and his stigmata and mm-hmm. the miracles surrounding him, um, banned from the public mass, banned from hearing confessions. At one point, his superiors even told him that if he passed people in the hallway, lay people in the halls, that he could acknowledge them, kind of nod at them, but he couldn't speak to them. Mm, I mean, it's just my the restrictions on him were ridiculous. Uh, but he bore it silently and, and with with immense peace. Uh, it was mm-hmm. painful for him, certainly. It wasn't. It wasn't like God relieved him of, of suffering in that, but he endured through that suffering. So Catholics can look at that and say, "Okay, well, if our if our superiors are doing something bad." Uh, that's unjust. Uh, we're just supposed to be quiet and silently suffer. I said, "Okay, that's a good lesson." And then, but then I, I, we researched uh, uh, Saint Athanasius, and he uh, existed in a time uh, w- during the Arian crisis, mm-hmm. and uh, and there was a mass confusion within the church, uh, and. Uh, people just preaching incorrect doctrine about who about the nature of Jesus Christ, which is integral to understanding our salvation. And he was a, he was a lion. He was exiled six <laughs> times. He spoke out publicly. He he was uh, you know telling people that they shouldn't go to the churches of those who are heretics that they should turn away that they shouldn't listen to bishops because i mean it was it was everywhere I, I, mm-hmm. I, you know even a majority of the church by some counts, were were were, were heretical uh hierarchically speaking uh you know in, in terms of the church militant here on earth and so so okay well wait now he's he's going and condemning uh all of this wrong around him so i said well, how do i balance those two and then I, just to make it even more complicated here, we saw the case of St. Um, Paul, with Peter, famously in Galatians, mm-hmm. who, rebuked, uh, who rebuked Peter, the Pope, whom he, who he declares in his own letters, and whom we know by the structure of the Church he was inferior to, uh, yet he it said he withstood Peter to his faith about a, a decision Peter made to not eat with the Gentiles, essentially implying that the Gentiles were sort of second-class mm-hmm. citizens within the Church, and that maybe Christians really did need to follow the Jewish law uh, uh, after all to be saved, which is a grave error. Um, so, how do we balance all of these things? I, you know, it seems that one submits, one speaks out, one is raging against all sorts of people in the hierarchy, and the other does it in a very, in, in, a, in the dubia, the root of the dubious. He asked Peter a question what's right and wrong? You know, it seems like a very humble response. Mm-hmm. And as we dealt with all this, I realized that. What the saints were doing were making a distinction. When, when the error, when the injustice, when the wrong was done personally against them, they, they endured it Mm. and they didn't speak up. They were like Jesus, uh, dumb as a lamb before his shears. Uh, they, they, they didn't respond to their persecutors and they submitted themselves humbly. But when it came to the truth of the, uh, the true teachings of the church, when it came to right morals, the right ordering of life, when it came to people in authority who spoke in such a way that it could lead others into error, into sin, or, or even outside of the church fully, to lose their salvation, they felt an obligation to speak. And that distinction really illuminated things for me, because it, it allows us to not feel bad, essentially, to not feel like we're doing wrong to speak out against error within the Church. Mm -hmm. We just can't do it selfishly. We can never do it to defend our own pride or our our own uh, false senses of self-worth, but when we're defending the Church, the true teaching of the Church, that's not on behalf of ourselves. That's on behalf of Christ. And then we can act with great boldness, as the saints did.
1: Man, well, yeah. What came to me is in that that second example in your comparison of if it's done personally, how they endure it, you know, Potter Pew, a great example. And then Athanasius, um, you know, when the truth was challenged, how he went out with like a lion. Um, what came to me in that example was woe to me if I don't preach it. <laughs> you know, woe to me if I if this is burning in my bosom, I, I have to preach it. And I think that that's a great distinction for us to to recognize as we're you know possibly working within you know our own lives you know you know a uh, um, a difficulty or a tension within our own hearts on particular teachings and particular truths, and you know from from an outsider perspective you know I'm thinking of those that are new to the church that are possibly non Catholics or, or thinking of the church you know. They may get the headlines, possibly from mainstream media, possibly from another person that doesn't know as much about the church. And uh, they look at this and, like, man, the Catholic church is a mess. You know, look at um, the authority didn't know something and someone's speaking out, he was thrown in prison, um, all those types of things. So, how do we, you know, speak to non Catholics about really ecclesiology, the truth of the church with humans in it? If, does that make sense, Alec?
2: It does, it does, because because the Catholic Church makes very big claims about the nature of the Church. Uh, you know, we we really do believe that the Church is the spotless Bride of Christ. So that's going to obviously bring up tensions when people see sin within the Church. Uh, and what I found very helpful here was that, well, there was this old tendency that to think if there was a scandal or if there was wrongdoing or something like that, let's you know, let's push that off to the side, let's not discuss it, we don't want to be the ones to spread this around. It's not our job to go and talk about these things in public. And uh, I think what a lot of Catholics, myself included, have come to realize is that we can't necessarily stay silent on these things uh, because everyone is going to talk about it anyway, including a lot of non-Catholics who, who will, will not speak about it uh, properly. Uh, you know, we, we saw this with um, the uh, uh, the abuse of children mm-hmm. that's been happening in the church over the past decades, and it's thankfully decreased now, but it's still a problem. And uh, if we don't talk about it, then then it's going to cause even more scandal. We have to confront it for two reasons: one, for the sake of, of us, of of the people within the church, if, if they are led to believe something wrong or to bo- or or to to think that. That there's no consequences for acting against God, then that's that's troublesome to their own faith, but also for the people outside of the church. Um, they need to know the truth, yeah. and if all they're seeing is the confusion of it uh, and and air even, um, then they're not going to be led to the church, which is which is the greatest thing that could happen in their lives. They they need the gospel. They need to mm-hmm. be in the church. If we really believe what the church teaches, if we really take our faith seriously. We want them to be with us in the church. Which means somebody has to be there, telling, showing them uh, uh, the way, showing them what's air and what's proper, uh, what when somebody in the church was wrong and and when they were right. And in a way, us doing that demonstrates a very high level of uh, of obedience and and grace because we're showing that we can submit ourselves to something that is still broken in many ways, or filled with broken people, rather, mm-hmm. uh, and and that we stay with it. We're not, not The modern air, in so many ways, is to try and choose our own path, however it is. If something's hard or difficult or wrong, we leave and we do it on our own. Mm-hmm. And we stand as a contradiction to that when we say, no, there is right and wrong. I, I can tell you what that is, but I'm still going to stay in this Church that is sometimes really messy
1: yeah and Alec in our last two minutes here, what's coming to my heart is just um the need to know the voice of the Father to know to know the faith so that when these things come up we can we can clearly speak truth to them to shine light into the darkness, and not to just like, well, I guess it's wrong, I'm gonna turn my back to it so you know, what is, you know, when you're doing this research and, and praying with these saints and, and, uh, and learning from the example, what's your prayer for the people of God? What's your prayer for the church? And then what also should should we as individual members be praying for as we, as we encounter these things in the church?
2: I, I have prayed, well, I've prayed with the saints mostly that I would just describe their lives well and, and that I would do justice to what they spoke, to what they did. Uh, and knowing that then their their example would shine through. Uh, I didn't have an agenda when writing this. I just wanted to do them justice. And with the church, what I've been praying for is is clarity and then the rise of great saints, saints like Athanasius, Saint mm-hmm. like Thomas More and John Fisher and Joan of Arc and Saint Bruno and Saint Paul. And what I've realized in doing this is that. We are called to be the saints of our time. God, God put us here in this confusion, in this time, because He wants us to be the Holy ones. He wants us to be in the pages of books like this in the future. The, the lions of faith like St. Athanasius, guiding people towards the truth. We have the ability to do that, and the saints are cheering us on right now. They want us to be like that, too. We just have to ask for their help and to ask for the grace of God to guide us through it.
1: Thank you, Alec. I appreciate your time, and God bless you. The book is Persecuted from Within. We're going to take a break.